My name is Kebohem, and this is Epiphany. Amata meiva Kebohem ni alojava akatahengi. Thirty-four Porokol, eighteen sixty-five. I remember almost nothing from the next five days. I know that I went into surgery, and I, I know that I was in pain. In half-awake moments when the drugs wore off, I, I had hallucinations of Kalis and those things those things that one sees on the edge of death that most of the living that I don't understand. Kelly's and their restless dead companions came to my bedside. They pressed their lips against my forehead. Cold. Cold like, like North Dvaji in winter. There were multitudes of dead. Far more than those who died at the intersection who might be jealous of the living. Gradually, the pain lessened. The hospital drugs given intravenously caused vivid dreams. I dreamt that I'd gone into the future to meet children currently unborn. I saw cities that once existed in ocean shallows and jungles that comprise the Mazga Peninsula. I hallucinated the creation and destruction of the universe according to that ill-fated hem from the procession. I had a vision of Zemanok and Nashisha in the form of a man with mismatched eyes and serpents for hair. Uli touched my locks and snapped frozen pieces from my head. I dreamt of a woman whose voice made the air shake and heaven weep. Last of all, I saw a young man with smooth dark hair and black skin in a room practically lightless. Towards the end, I heard snippets of conversation while partially awake. I don't think that the vision of Demanok and the Shisha came from the drugs. Demanok is a trickster, a champion of randomness. In my life so far, I have had two chance encounters. Liga found me the day I decided to die. Sehutangi and their co-conspirators came onto the Skyrail train while the entire city diverted itself with prayer. That is Demanok. When Elise and I were 16, we took the sacred steps down to the boat rentals to visit one of the liminal spaces in the inner islands that Zemanok rules. The weather had been bad, and I was nervous about going, but Elise insisted. We'd never been so alone before, and solitude is so dangerous. Elise wanted to cut our hands on the old stones. The Hikipta do it at their shrines, but the Igzegingya do not. Lee was always more forceful than me, so our blood dripped onto the eager, erect boulder that represented the god. I offered the traditional candied fruit peels when we were done. It's interesting to think that I might owe everything to that blood. The medication wore off completely on 34 Porokol during a thunderstorm. As I awoke, I listened to the rain beat against the window and inventoried the pain in my body. The wound in my leg throbbed. I couldn't move a shoulder. Amputation didn't occur to me until I realized that I was in the hospital. I twisted my head to one side to verify that my arm was still there. Electrodes connected to it hinted at why it wouldn't move. I couldn't pull myself into a sitting position. 
One of the indicators beeped when I tried. A dark-skinned man lay asleep in the lounge chair beside the bed. Their hair had almost completely fallen out of two divided buns, and Lee wore a semi-formal burnt orange tunic over embroidered, cream-colored pants. Everything was crumpled, so Lee hadn't changed in a while. A copy of Ashen Sky rested on their lap. Lee didn't stir until a clap of thunder rumbled the building. It was Liga. Lee brushed their hair aside and stretched. I recognized the scar on their cheek from the anecdote that Sukka had told me about Lim falling as a child, even before their face turned completely towards mine. Your grandmother is out with your mother, Lee said. The doctor said that you wouldn't die. The surgery was difficult. I half smiled. You know that I will die vaulting over a cliff. I laughed, and the laughter hurt my chest. Liga did not laugh at all. What happened? I asked. Fadehi Nakayangi is dead. Liga cleared their throat and smoothed their pants. They recrumpled almost instantaneously. I'm still angry, not at you, at daybreak, at the karata. We put so much work in, and they still did something so utterly. Their lips opened and closed as Lee searched for a word. Antisocial. I asked, Where is Kelta? We don't know. Advisor Tennis said that Lee was accompanying you in the crowd. Many of the bodies haven't been identified. The book fell from their lap and Lee bent over to pick it up. They made nine arrests. The Senate will vote on a public killing of the captured conspirators as soon as the interrogation ends. Akah Zetangi was arrested. Lee was trying to flee via the spaceport. I squeezed my eyes shut. Will you have to testify in the interrogation? In the trial? This will be a messy hearing, according to Karatao, Liga said. We can't... We can't bleach out your involvement. Everyone knows about you. You're a forum topic, and you're in the news. I opened my eyes and stared up at the ceiling, which was painted with images of underwater landscapes. I can testify against Akah Zehutangi. Will they... Will they talk to you with the same amount of disrespect as they did in that other trial, the one in Menarka? The senators draw from the people. Lee cleared their throat. Your mother wouldn't let me sit with your grandmother on the train ride up. Your grandmother knows us. Did you confront my mother? No, I don't know them very well, Lee said. I expect it. I usually wear contacts when I go out. How are you feeling? The nurses told me that you would be in pain. Yeah, I said. Did you pull out the bug? Obviously, considering the detail in this conversation, Lee did not. I still had all of the ornamentation in my hair. The conversation contained so much static because the hospital staff damaged it while washing me. I chose not to reproduce any of the conversations I overheard while I was asleep. Five involving my grandmother and Liga, three arguments between my mother and grandmother, one between advisor Tennis and Karatao in a language I don't even know. 
My mother hardly acknowledged Liga. At one point, I heard my father's voice in the recording. Lee, of course, didn't come until a day after I awoke. Their position in the Yipahi diplomatic service means that Lee is gone more often than not. In the recording, Liga laughs when I ask about the bug, and Lee says, I forgot about that. I could delete everything that you shouldn't have heard. Why shouldn't I have heard it? This room wasn't bugged. Lee laughed again and looked out towards the door. Karatau and Matriarch Mohata had me check. Your grandmother won't hear of bugs spying on the family. Lee even had me check in the satellite home here in Galasu. Oh, two cousins are staying in your apartment's bedroom now. Everyone's shuffled around, and Zuka has your journal, the smart paper in your apartment, and a traditional one from Tennis. Zuka and I are staying with the Koginya. Gods, have you read the journal? I haven't. Zuka may have peeked. Lee pressed her lips together thoughtfully for a few moments. Lee didn't want you to be embarrassed during the trial. The authorities came through your room and checked for things shortly after Lee arrived. Where is Zuka now? In one of the healing temples praying for you. I sighed. I'm grateful for my family's support. My breath caught in my upper chest. The pain that came along with the tears burned. Liga stopped speaking. A nurse came in to give me a painkiller injection. Liga slid forward on the chair and whispered, We like you if you want to know. You are the most driven future Dveshi politician of your generation. You could go really far. One would need to bury you in the canyons to keep you from making a difference. We spoke in that Ayi so the nurse did not understand us. Something about Liga's tone unnerved me, almost as if this were not Lim. I fell asleep as the nurse said in Tveshi, You have so much affection for Lim. In the new dreams, I walked into one of the Manashi temples to Enahari. Someone washed my hair near the temple entrance, and I wanted to protest because no one could touch my hair. A woman carved the syllabic character for Nua into my forehead. It hurt. So much. In those dreams, I ran through tunnels covered with moving pictures until I emerged in a small grotto. A person waited there. They cleaned the blood from my face and breathed on my forehead until the wound disappeared. We walked back through tunnels. The golden designs depicted scenes from impermanence. You have been listening to Epiphany by KBOM. For a text version, cultural notes, and to subscribe via RSS, please visit http colon slash slash kayeboesme.com slash epiphany.